and welcome back, rugby fans. Of course, this is episode 85 of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. If you're tuning in for the first time, a quick reminder, my name is Ty Braga, host for today's activities alongside Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt and Scott the Big Guy Ferraro. We are the team from the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. So what's it all about? Well, I want to be able to remind you and our viewers that we're going to be sharing in a moment our around the pitch news. This has become a very popular one with fans as they get to be able to learn something new, maybe for the first time hearing something that flew a little under the radar, but we took a closer look and we think you should as well. So here's how it works. I and the rest of the gang are going to shoot quick fire around of what is important, give you a few tidbits of why it's important, and then we make our way around the screen and we will share with you in the around the pitch what you need to know. So let's So let's open it up first with Rob Hammerschmidt. Thank you, Ty. Uh, I want to, as I, I just like the theme of this, young guys, young Americans, but in particular young guys in the league. And so this weekend, uh, after week five, we had nine draftees from the 2021 draft on rosters. Combine that with seven from the 2020 draft. You have a grand total of 18 that uh, draftees playing in the league on starting rosters this past weekend. And some of the highlights for that, um, you know, we had uh, Colson Warner, LU product gets his first try. Um, we had Naprosky, Eric Naprosky gets his first try with Dallas. Um, and then we had some, uh, um, some pretty good stuff by uh, uh, Torres, Alejandro Torres, setting up a try for uh, Dallas uh, and Lopetti just, you know, killing it again. I remind everybody, look week out off for the week. He's going to be, he's going to be the rookie of the year. Mark my words. So a really good weekend from uh, our draftees. It's good to see. Yeah, and it's fantastic to be able to see that that talent being brought in, but not only being brought in, they're earning those spots and they're delivering with those tries and putting points on the board. So they're making an impact. And I remember just a little while ago when the drop was first introduced to Major League Rugby, oh, would they be rugby ready by the time they actually hit the, uh, those, those sides? Well, the answer is clearly yes right now, as you can see so many of them finding a firm place in their rosters. So great to be able to see that. Thanks for that. Good start yeah. from Rob Hammerschmidt. Let's swing it over to Scott Ferrara. Let's get hot, baby. Uh, we're talking about Kat Roche. Uh, she's been assigned to the TikTok Women's Six Nations, right? So over the past eight months, she's had her test match debut. She's, uh, um, you know, refereed, obviously, uh, officiated the MLR. She, had, she was uh, under, she was in the middle in an MLR match last year, and she's been uh, officiating Rugby World Cup qualifiers throughout the eight months. Um, she was announced as one of the officials, and her first match will come, I believe, in the opener, uh, Wales versus Ireland uh, in the opener on March 26th. Um, so, you know, USA women doing great things in rugby. Right. And, and it doesn't even have to be, you know, as a player, there's great administrators, there's great officiators. And with, with, with her, I mean, I first uh, saw her as an AR uh, out in Rugby Town, USA, and how quickly she has gained the right mm. type of experience and excelled and surpassed uh, great expectations to be able to achieve that honor. But you could also argue that it's noteworthy and news enough that TikTok is also sponsoring rugby too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's good. It's good to see. It's good to see a, a social media network push the right. women's game, and especially Six Nations. You know, it's going to be great rugby. So yeah, and then when you think about how many times we've said social media is going to be one of the greatest tools for us to use to be able to reach a new audience, perfect match, right? Yeah. Wonderful marrying those two concepts there. Uh, so yeah, thanks for highlighting that. Well, one of the ones that I wanted to be able to dive in and staying on the theme of women's rugby because, of course, it is relevant this month as a part of Women's History Month. The L.A. Guiltinis have chosen to be able to put on what they call the L.A. Festival of Rugby. So this March 13th, make sure that you are there to be uh, enjoying rugby all day long. And why I say this is that they have invited USA Sevens uh, and the U.S. sorry Australian Sevens to uh, battle against one another uh, in this showcase. It will be a wonderful opportunity to see the highest level of Sevens rugby for the women's game. Uh, it'll be an entertaining brand. I think the Coliseum is going to be a perfect flat platform to be able to showcase it. But what's important about this, though, too, is that USA 
and of course Australia are currently in their preparation to meet later, potentially, who knows, maybe in the final of the next Sevens Rugby World Cup held later this year in Cape Town, South Africa, come September. Uh, so this is a wonderful way to be able to engage audiences early on and highlight the skills that are available. So kudos to the LA Giltinis for embracing women's, uh, the women's game and doing so on one of the best stages possible in North America. Rob, what else do you have to share? So uh, interesting phenomenon. It was brought out by the MLR uh, after, again, week five this week's action. Um, and interestingly, the oldest player to ever play in the league at 42 years old, Oreen Ie, for the LA Giltinis, uh, came on as a fly half injury cover for um, oh, Luke Burton. Uh, mm-hmm. Burton got injured, I guess, in the warm-up. I.E. is an assistant coach, had to come in to fill that gap. And then in the same game, the youngest player in MLR history uh, jumps on the pitch. At 18 years old, uh, Kahanu Koi uh, comes in as, uh, on, the, on the sub roster uh, for the L.A. Giltini. So interesting, the oldest and the youngest come on the pitch in the same game for the same team. Pretty cool phenomenon to see. Yeah, that is excellent. I mean, it goes just to show how diverse uh, uh, the league really is. Uh, so wonderful highlight there. I really like that. The oldest and the youngest in one game. You might not see that again for quite some time. So thanks for highlighting that one there, Rob. Let's hand it over to Scott Ferrara. Well, we're still cooking. And just so you know, the facts want to shoot you real quick are brought to you by our friend Bill Baker at Eagles Overseas. I'm talking women's rugby again. Katie Benson scores a try this weekend. Charlie Jacoby scores a try this weekend. Kate Zachary scores a try this weekend. Hope Rogers scored two tries this weekend. Uh, Janine Didavo, four tries this weekend for Exeter Chiefs. And this month, Alev Kelter was named Player of the Month for the Premier 15. So, I mean, American women are just killing it right now over in the U.K. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's wonderful to be able to see them get that type of experience to, to be able to play internationally. Um, it's a wonderful setting. It's great to be able to see teams of that stature inviting players from this side. Um, you know, we'll be talking a little bit more about that in our additional rant, in fact. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, we have an opportunity where you can get even more content from us here on the Rugby Rant besides viewing us on TRN or catching us on any of the major podcast platforms. We have an opportunity for you as some of our most dedicated supporters to be able to follow us on patreon.com forward slash rugby rant pod. The reason I bring this up is for as little as only three bucks, less than a beer, you can enjoy some great content where we'll be diving into this topic into detail in one of our additional rounds, talking about how we can grow the women's game here in North America. So make sure you check us out again under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod on all social media, but in particular, check us out on our new home at patreon.com forward slash Rugby Rant Pod. And for only three bucks, you can get additional interviews and more rants from us here on the Rugby Rant team. And I, I just like to interrupt. I, I, I apologize. I have sure. a little bit of a concern. All the women's rugby talk by the big guy. Mrs. Big Guy might get a little jealous if he, she jumps onto Patreon and gets all this women's rugby content out of the big guy. So, you know, yikes. Listen, <laughs> Mrs., want to be careful. Mrs. Big Guy will gladly hand me over to anybody. At this point in our life. <laughs> Take him. Uh, I've been there, my friend. I've been there. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. So the last piece that I wanted to be able to share is building on something we had spoken about a couple of episodes back. And that was the introduction of what we can best describe as the disciplinary record tracker. So if you're not really sure, it's a great place to be able to go and view additional information on the players, uh, what their suspensions may be. And you can get that all at majorleague.rugby forward slash disciplinary. You'll see it come up on the screen in just a moment. Uh, but more importantly, wanted to draw attention to something that we had spoken about as a team here on the Rugby Rant. And it was in one of the matches where the uh, the player Farnano Schultz um, number six for OGDC had been involved in what we could best describe was a moment of madness uh, as he had thrown a couple of uh, heavy blows uh, to a player uh, right on the try line. And then I believe it was you, Scott, that identified that if he had just gone to be able to play his position, they might have stopped the try. But instead, uh, he chose, you know, a moment of madness and passion uh, overflowed and a few punches were flowing. Uh, we, we had asked the question back in our conversation about whether TMO is effective right now. Why did they not bring that up at the time? We expected it to be a sighting later. 
It was, in fact, cited by a, a committee. And the result was that Fa'anana Schultz will be uh, out for five weeks. Um, and the reason that it, it normally would have been three weeks, by the way, but it was extended to five weeks because of his previous disciplinary record in MLR uh, carrying through from the past season. Um, and that means that he'll only be eligible for his next matchup on April 15th when they take on Utah at Utah. So that is around the pitch. And as you know, as a fan, you can continue to be able to get more news from us by following us online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. And again, don't forget about following us on patreon.com forward slash Rugby Rant Pod. And you can get all the extras. We'll be back in just a moment. Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, and it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark bale-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. And welcome back, rugby fans. Of course, it's that time in the show where we need to be able to put ourselves and our guests to the test in what we like to be able to call the Rugby Rant Debates. More importantly, a quick reintroduction to the team if you're just tuning in. My name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities, of course, alongside Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt and Scott the Big Guy Ferrara. But more importantly, it's time to introduce who they will be battling here in our Rugby Rant Debate. And we welcome back to the show, familiar face, to the rant is Kyle the Mouth Ferguson, first brought to us by way of the rugby shop and now representing Aversio Wellness. <laughs> Kyle, welcome to the show. Happy to be back, guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully we can have a fun time and I can win again because I think that happened last time. So. You he's, yeah, he's won before and we never got our twigs. Damn yeah, he yeah, was supposed to send us hockey sticks, man. He was supposed to send us huge I hockey was, sticks. It, it wasn't me that was supposed to send them. Blame we'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. it on the delivery system from your uh, your former. Okay, you I got, got it. it. <laughs> <laughs> which are which which now brings me to to uh, the present day. Uh, sure. You, of course, being a familiar favorite to to the rugby circles, um, when you may have found yourself a new home with Aversio Wellness. Um, you reached out to us and you said, guys, you got to get involved with that, uh, with this new gang up here. Uh, they're supporting you know, uh, health and wellness through mushroom extract and so much more. You know what? I'm not the guy to be able to share the greatest value of why it's important. So why don't we just throw it back to you, Kyle? I think you're doing a pretty good job, though. You could run with this almost. So a um, little bit about us. So Aversio Wellness, Canadian company, um, Canadian owned and operated, which is very cool. Husband and wife own us. Biggest thing I think for everybody out there with these products within this circle is the energy and the inflammation, right? So those are two things everybody's looking for. So this is a natural way to get that. Um, our Awakened product has three uh, mushrooms in it, lion's mane, cordyceps, and turkey tail, which will definitely, you know, kickstart you, give you that extra jump, and as well as uh, get the body under control. And it's definitely the product that changed my life and um, brought me to this company today. So uh, give it a shot. Use the rant guys code and see how you feel right and on that note the code is rent 15 uh for an additional 15 percent of anything in your basket and by the way i believe there's also free shipping once you reach the threshold so why not cram as much as you can to that basket for one great purchase with 15 percent off and free shipping anywhere in the continental u.s um yeah inflammation we want to be able to get that under control as a rugby player the aches and bruises might disappear a little faster uh, <laughs> using some of the aversio wellness products and again visit 
visit them at aversiowellness.com to learn more about that. So again, Kyle, thank you for that. And thank you for uh, being here again to be able to take on Rob and Scott in the familiar format of the rugby debates. But more importantly, what are we going to talk about here today, gentlemen? Well, this is the interesting one that people have been asking us to be able to include more of in our shows here on TRN and our social media. And that's to be able to discuss, dissect, debate. What we do is rugby, and we're talking about the past week's action in MLR. What was the best game? What was the worst game as a fan what do we think was the most exciting? Which game do we think was lacking? And of course, we will debate ins and outs and everything in between here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. A quick reminder for those of you that might not be familiar, each one of these gentlemen has only a small window to be able to rant on the topic. And come the end of this debate, we will figure out who has put the best points forward, who has made the greatest case for or against whatever the topic may be. And we're going to start this round as we usually do with our guest. And that means it's you, Kyle, the Mount Ferguson. You're up first. What should fans at home know about the best and worst game, in your opinion, from this past week? Having looked back at the week, I think I'm going best game of the week is the uh, Gilcrest Cup. So I'm going AG's and Guillotini's as a pure rugby guy. I think that was a fantastic game. I think I called AG's last year. I might have been a year out on that because on this podcast a year ago, I believe I picked them to win. They didn't pull it off. Their uh, cousin down the road did, but um, I think they look solid. And I think that game was a good one. Uh, we were speaking about the refereeing beforehand, which was on par as well as everything else within that game to me. AG's defense second to none right now. They're stopping a great offense in LA over there, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, I have a soft spot for him too, having worked around the league. So go AGs. Uh, I'm going with worst game of the week as the blowout of the week, just because as a pure rugby enthusiast and being around the game a long time, there wasn't so much to be happy with in Utah. And who did they even play? So, anyways. <laughs> I don't anyway, know if it was this or if he was shot called. <laughs> Watch out, Rick Collins. Shots fired. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. But anyways, just within that game and for the week, I think that one for me just had to be not not worth wasting your time in. And if you had to pick one for the week for me, it'd be AG's LA all day. Yeah, I, and you know, there's a lot of people that are definitely going to agree with you. I mean, it's traditionally. Uh, this is always going to be a great matchup. Doesn't matter what league it was in, but when you put those that team that 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 I wouldn't really say is underperformed, but definitely you could have expected to be able to go a lot farther. Was the AGs pinned against uh, the success of uh, MLR championship that LA had? So you know, there's there's you know you can kind of argue. Well, who's got more to prove? Who's got more expectation behind them? Uh, but definitely people expected it to be an interesting matchup because of that universal influence of Gilcrest in ownership in both camps. Uh, I like the way you referred to it, the cousin down the road. Uh, <laughs> so that they yeah, don't like to name, I don't think, and it's the long lost cousin. So right in, in Chicago, um, we say Utah, that's the cousin over 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 there, over there, right there. Oh, yeah, uh, my cousin Daryl, my other cousin Daryl, my other cousin Daryl. No, that's, <laughs> that's South Africa, bro. I don't know. <laughs> so, Daddy. so you also identified Utah as a disappointing uh, matchup, and you know it's been kind of disappointing for them so far. And and I believe they were what second in their conference last season, guys. Remind me. Um, so, so nevertheless, they managed to be able to pull off some really exciting finishes last season that isn't connecting for them this season. And that was honestly my fear from the start. So it's interesting that you brought out those two, definitely some highlights and lowlights for, uh, for, uh, from Kyle that he identified. Let's hand it over to Scott, the big guy, Ferrara. Well, we're, we're still cooking. I'm going with my, uh, the best match of the, the weekend here. I'm going rugby ATL over Sabercats, uh, rugby ATL 29. Sabercats 22. And I think the first uh, half score wasn't indicative as uh, as much as Houston. Houston was playing well. They just had what we, we hear called the NOLA problem. They got down and couldn't score. And then all of a sudden, the second half, they turned on, right? Um, and even almost overcoming a yellow card. 
you know, Rob's laughing at that, but you know, it's something we talk about that that ha- happens to happen to Nola often, and it happened to the Houston SaberCats in this match. And you know, Houston playing, you know, one of their best matches against Dallas a couple weeks ago and almost losing to Dallas. You know, so I mean, it's one of those games where it had its, uh, it, its ups, its downs. You know, the ATL played the way the ATL does. The, the thing I liked about it was the physicality. Man, you know, a, a, a guy I talk about often when he was on New York, and I'm going to talk about him again this season, is Will Leonard. This dude is drilling people. And I'm talking coming in from the center, coming into the game line. He made about three or four big hits and also was, was jackling the ball out there. I mean, you don't see many centers go to do that. You know what I mean? Um, so he was coming up to make the tackle because he knows Houston has a deadly attack. So let's talk about my my worst game of the week. I'm actually in dis. I'm disagreeing with Kyle here. I say the AG's Giltini's match was 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 the worst match, and this is why I have a completely different take on it. The rugby was decent. AG's played a terrible first half. They had a lot of handling errors. They had a lot of penalties. And if you're coming into the season now, you know it's week five. There's kind of been a um, a name built up around some of these teams and you're watching on television. I didn't think the rugby looked that good from the AGs and the Giltinis could get nothing going. The AGs stifled them on defense. I think for a newer rugby fan that might be coming from the sevens, it wasn't as exciting. And then obviously second half AGs turned it on. LA is starting to make some breaks. even though they didn't score after, after those kicks. And the second half wasn't indicative of how bad the first half looked on television. And the only reason I'm bringing it up, that, that was a big debate amongst fans is, is the looks on television recently. So, yeah, you know, I'm going to jump right onto that point, though, and build on it with the AGs LA game. Um, and with the AGs, I feel like, yeah, they started slow. I mean, it was 9-0 by this end of the half. But I know that they came back with three points and then they quickly managed to put the try on top of that, which turned into 10-9. And only at that point that I feel like it became an interesting game for me in particular, right? Uh, because now the race was a little bit closer. Um, but it took a long time for, for Austin to find their groove, so to speak. Um, and I feel like I've seen that in one or two matches before. I couldn't tell you exactly which ones right now, but it seems like come the second half, whatever the stirring speech may be or the changes that are, that are made, they're more effective in the second half than they are in the first. And it might be because, you know, when we had Sam Harris, he said one of the things he would focus on the season was not only was having a greater offensive uh, uh, strategy uh, and converting those opportunities to the points, but the depth as well in those positions that surely shows in the second half when fresh legs come on. Um, but one that I felt had a really great matchup was Dominguez. Um, you know, he was actually picked as, as an MLR um, all-star for this past week. So it's great to be able to see a transplant from another side at NOLED crossover to today, shining in those moments. Uh, Mooneyham as well, still pretty consistent. So it seems to me that their offense is certainly uh, a better, but I don't know why it's not, it's not firing on all cylinders from the get-go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt. What have you got to share? So I, I was really twisted on this one because, uh, and quite frankly, obviously I watched the NOLA match and being a close affair, I, I thought that one for me edged out the the Rooney-New uh, England match. And I didn't get to watch a ton of the Rooney-New England match. I was on the road. But um, I, the fact that, you know, there was a lot of scoring in the Rooney-New uh, Rooney, England match, um, back and forth affair, a lot of tries scored, but and and maybe for me that's what took a took a, a, a second seat to the Nola match is is a, a little bit of a lack of defensive structure. Uh, the Nola um, Seattle match had a much better defensive structure, and while there wasn't as many lead changes, um, it was really a, a tight affair from the very beginning. Um, you know, a twenty five twenty four match. Uh, again, a couple of lead changes. You know. Um, and uh, uh, the game winner right at the end. I mean, Nola was down right at the 78th minute and uh, penalties awarded. Um, thankfully, our, our um, things have changed a little bit, at least in that game for, for uh, Nola. They, they were awarded a penalty uh, to, to take the lead and, and uh, Karameyer slotted it. So it had the feel of a much more well-structured game because of solid defense and some, you know, kicks made the difference um and possession territory scrums lineouts were very close uh to, with both teams so i thought it was a very um well defended match and i thought it was uh, very well balanced yeah i gotta say nola that like last minute uh, uh, uh points ruined my my perfect grand slam <laughs> opportunity on super brew ruined it 
<laughs> I here here's the thing with Rob. You know, he was talking about the the uh, Rooney uh, New England match and saying about defense. There was a ton of defense. I watched it live. I think you just didn't see that because a lot of their scoring plays were either um, on on um, transition, so it looked like a free running play, or you know you just had numbers. You know, you got ten numbers or you got one breakthrough that that you know uh, kind of made a move. So I don't think it was necessarily defense because at some, certain points the the score was stagnant. So I think it's one of those things where it was kind of misleading on that. Not to say I definitely would say no, the New Orleans win was definitely a better match, you know. But I'm just I'm just pointing that out there. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. Although you know some of the highlights that I saw uh, in in broken play, yeah, the the defensive structures broke down. And to me, that's the difference. You know, when you look at the international game, that's one of the things that really differentiates international game from you know the Prem or or other high level uh, club matches is that that transition and defense. Um, is there right that your defensive structures are tight and they can hold tight even when there's transition i think for me the other thing that opening kick was glorious as sam windsor's kick was um into the corner i mean where was the opposing wing like i i couldn't see him on the screen now you probably saw him obviously live but you know he was nowhere to be seen so it's like you know uh to me that that defense was missing in some of those key plays yeah i mean i again like i think I, th- I think you're going to have that everywhere. And that's, I think that's one of the problems where when we watch, you know, international teams and, you know, they're like, there's no defense in the MLR. There is, I just don't think people are seeing it because they get those plays where people are caught off guard. Yeah. And you know, it's an interesting point you bring up though. And this has been one that we've spoken about here. It's been spoken about in numerous rugby circles is that the question is MLR more offense focused or more defense focused. Right. And I feel like there's been a little bit more of a balance this time. We've had some close matches. Seattle is another close match and kudos to them. You know, they've, they've certainly turned uh, things around from what last year's performance was and likewise for San Diego, you know, but there, uh, and when you see a match that's, that's close as one or, you know, three points difference. That's exciting rugby, regardless whether it might be a 40 point scoreline. Um, and you see several changes in leads as Rob pointed out, you know, and, and when I started this conversation, when I started this debate, I always try to be able to think about it. What does it mean to the fan? You know, the entertainment value. And we as, you know, hardened rugby fans we kind of look at the intricacies. But I imagine it has to be a pretty exciting product regardless. Because if you are a fan being introduced to rugby for the first time in the North American landscape, what do you want to see? You want to see the most attractive moment of that uh, match, which is every try scoring chance. Kyle, wouldn't you agree? 100%. And that's where, like, you could even turn the, like, Utah-Dallas game wasn't, I wasn't a fan of it, but as a new rugby person... Lots of points, lots of scoring, right? All that kind of stuff is also positive. So to your point, I think it's an interesting way that everybody looks at it a little different. But then again, Nola and Rooney going at it over here as usual. So you just let them go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I talk about entertainment. I mean, you know, the Oscar goes to Josh Larson on the free jacks. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, no. Kalolo and Josh get tied up and uh, or Josh ties up Kalolo and Kalolo grabs his shirt and Josh goes, oh, and falls back and grabs his face. <laughs> And then, and of course, it's to the back of Scott Green. So Scott Green turns around and he's on the ground with his face. And you, it's watching it live, it looked like, because you're, it was on the other side of the field, that he got punched. And uh, as I'm talking to some people who are watching it on TRN, they go, one, he never got touched. Two, right. And like, the Oscar yeah, goes to. Yeah, exactly. It was, and the Oscar goes to. And then apparently uh, what, I, what I was told was Scott Green turned around and told him, well, you started it. He didn't touch you when that was fair play. So no <laughs> get up, you baby. Yeah, I mean, much. what is this? It's not soccer, right? Isn't yeah, that well, the yeah. famous quote from Nigel Owens? Exactly. But it was it was funny to see because in the stands, we were like, how come nobody's being sent off with a card? And then, you know, four yeah, hours yeah. later, we're watching the replay. We're like, he never even touched him. <laughs> so I love that saying, though. And I got nothing against soccer fans yet. Not a jibe at them, but, you know, it is kind of comical. So the difference between rugby and, and, and soccer, and you guys might have heard a different version of this, uh, so, you know, soccer is 19 minutes of play pretending that you're hurt. Rugby is 80 minutes pretending you're not. <laughs> Absolutely. That was, it was, it was funny gamesmanship, and, I, and it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, ahead, no, no, I was also going to add, you know, we've been talking about some of the ways that our teams are scoring. And one of the things that I really appreciate, and, and again, this it wasn't even my team that did the scoring, but in that Seattle NOLA game, that eight man pick uh, from mm-hmm. record hatting mm-hmm. uh, that sprung a try. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I, how often I, I just 
the art of the eight man pick has almost gone away to some degree over the last Agreed. probably decade of rugby. And it was really cool, in spite of the fact that it was against my team. It's really great to see a great eight man pick and an athletic eight man uh, score that try. So uh, right. I really enjoyed that. Well, Dunn is no, no, uh, a stranger to the same thing, mm-hmm. right? You know, he's managed to poach a, cute, a couple of balls at, at, at from the back and, and, and pick and drive. But you're right, man. The, these, these are like, and maybe that's why I'm now loving the fact that Seattle is finding some form again, because it's kind of mm-hmm. like they're going back to some of the strengths that they once yeah. had had. And it's starting to show. And as teams begin to mature, and you said this word, it felt like a little bit more of a structured play that you'd hope to have seen from NOLA last season, you know, with their discipline issues and things like that. And and it comes to be so important on those crucial moments in the game, especially when the points are so close. Um, and, and, and I love to be able to see teams that have found a continuity in, in their, in their roster uh, and they can build upon the success of one season onto the next season. And we're starting to see that in a lot of different places. Um, but a lot of people had criticisms when they initially heard that the Sabercats were bringing in South African influence. And with that, a lot of South African talent who traditionally have been criticized for slowing down the game. So, but yet I personally am not seeing that. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a variety of play from them. We're still seeing exciting matches. We're seeing them, although Sabercats only has a two, uh, I think a two and three record at the moment, it doesn't necessarily reflect their improvement and the quality of the team, in my opinion. What do you guys think? I agree with that. And I think what they're doing is they're doing the things that South Africa does well. They're good up front in the pack. They're good on the set piece. I think uh, the team has embraced what uh, the better teams in the league do now, ATL, uh, New England, Rooney, uh, LA, um, Seattle, where you have your Northern Hemisphere front pack and your Southern Hemisphere dynamic back line. Right. And I think they realize that that's, that's the way to go. So do you think that that's the way to go if it aim for for the rugby fan to be able to enjoy more rugby and be more entertained by the product that we provide in North America to just keep having that that balance or should it just be more about score 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 Well I think for for the team the team has to worry about their performance on the field of winning so I think the balance is what's going to make them win games because right. if you can do all of those things and be well rounded you can find the weakest part of the opposition's defense I, you know, for obviously fans to bring a new fans, it's about the scoring and things like the Sam Windsor kick that actually converted and not being off sides to Andrew Coe is, is going to be mm-hmm. a big play that they should be showing on TRN. Just like, uh, what is it, two or three weeks ago, uh, uh, Waka Bowden uh, does a chip kick where he gets completely wasted on the tackle. And I forgot who, who picked it up um, to, to score. You know, we got to champion those types of play and definitely, but I do think there is a balance there that gets you a win versus being you know, this, this right. all out, just kind of run team. You know what I mean? I'm going to take the opportunity to shift gears here, gentlemen, as we move into the latter part of this piece here. And I'm going to throw it over to Rob for this one first. Who do you feel so far out of the teams uh, playing has had the least attractive rugby so far? Uh, I, I, I think you have to go with a, one of the wooden spoons and that would be um, OGDC. I just think they, they just haven't got things firing on all cylinders. They, you know, the, I think what they're missing is, is Robert, Jason Robertson, right? He was that linchpin that was able to spring some of their talent in the midfield, um, mm-hmm. spring them out. And, you know, obviously Danny Tusatala, but I think Tusatala without Robertson's being asked to, uh, he's taking on too much. It's not that he's being asked right. to do too much. He's taking on too much for himself and um, being asked to be too, more dynamic than he needs to be. And perhaps that's to the detriment. He's a tremendous and wonderful player. And I love watching him, but I just think he's trying to take too much on his shoulders. And um, we haven't seen the best of OGDC so far. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of people who definitely agree, but if you just look at the record, it certainly shows evidence of that. So let me share a few interesting points about OGDC or Glory DC. Uh, after five matches, end up with a big fat zero in the win column. So that's certainly five losses that they had not planned for. Um, and yes, they've had some some games at home too. So it might sting even more if you count the home and away, uh, uh, you know, uh, a part of that too. So they're stuck with a big fat zero on the uh, on, on the scoreboard so far. Which um, even Dallas, uh, you know, of course, being first timer to this league 
and having their own struggles of trying to be able to source a head coach last minute and the struggles with visas and entries from Australia. Uh, they've still got two points on the board and they've had one or two really great uh, uh, finishes that have allowed them to be able to get a bonus point inside of seven for losing inside of seven. Yeah, it's a consolation, but I tell you what, points on the board is points on the board. It's way better than a zero. I tell you what, I'd much rather lose a game 50 to three than 50 to zero. (laughs) And, and, you know, I I pointed to it back in my around the pitch segment, but um, at least I could, I could say that Dallas is getting a lot of young American players on the pitch and, and, you know, Naprosky and, um, some of the some of the other guys that, that right one of the great draft up. picks you've got Tellis you've got yeah. uh, uh, Naposky as well right. uh, Sarconi I think Torres. as well yeah I, mean, so, I, I I think you go the other way though with OGs I think they're lacking as a defensive captain out there there's nobody copping that yeah. defense to say I mean the the amount of gaps in their defensive line and a lot of these right. scoring plays that happen you're just like how do you not have the line set up correctly. And I could see, you know, if it's happening the first two or three matches, okay, you know, you're working with people. Again, guys moved around. You know, this is – it's still a new league. You have a lot of turnover, whatever. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, you know, by match four and five, we're still seeing the same deficiencies in the defense. And to me, right. that's a leadership on the field on whose responsibility it is to make the call and put the person where they're supposed to be put. To that point, though, and Scott, thank you for bringing it up. I think it's a really, really good point for fans to be able to know – uh, you know, that defensive record, let me share what it is for OGDC right now. So currently they are uh, in possession of the title of having the second worst defense with 206 points scored against them thus far by the end of week five. Um, however, they also happen to have the worst offense with a score of 76.4, which gives them a points differential of 130. Uh, the only one closest to them is Dallas with 132 points differential to the negative, of course, uh, although they managed to be able to come away with two bonus points in that journey. Um, so still sets them above OGDC, even though it's only a points difference of two. Um, and, you know, while these are only just stats and they certainly aren't the full story and they aren't defined by them, You'd have to imagine that if OGDC are still to come out with a respectable season, the next few games have to be a win. I was going to say, I think you're looking at two different uh, two different teams as well, right? OGDC, I don't think anybody saw them going on five here, like with that team that they have over there, right? Like I didn't see that coming after last season. I thought mid-pack, maybe even top half, right? Like. Whereas Dallas being, uh, I'm only bringing these two up because they were spoken about, but Dallas playing the younger guys, right? They've had some issues. We've seen that come through with the head coaching and the visas and stuff like that, right? So, but at least they're getting younger players up and through, whereas that I don't see that being the case with OG, where where are they going to get these young guys from and where are these guys right. coming up, right? At least, right. Right. At least yeah. Dallas is growing the game and growing their, their talent. Right, they can still think two or three seasons down the road if they cultivate this generation of players to become the seniors, you know, two to three years' time. You know, there's an investment in their team that we, we, we wouldn't have ever seen this season. And I guess they didn't have a lot of expectation on them, though. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a good point, though, that uh, you can see the building blocks and the framework of a good team to come for Dallas. But we expected more from OGDC, who's already now technically in their third season. And, and I'd, I'd throw, throw a kudos out to one of the young guys that I liked watching, and, and I'm not sure that he got a chance to play this weekend. But uh, two weeks ago, uh, Owen Sheehy played fullback and right. had some really nice mm-hmm. carries. Uh, not a very big, big kid but a young kid and um, carried really well into contact. I was pretty impressed with the way he made use of space. So I can't wait to see how Owen develops under, you know, the, the OGDC umbrella. And let's, let's hope that he continues to grow and develop. Cause again, we, right. we need more Americans to grow and develop in this. Absolutely. Country. And OGDC has done their part to, be Canadians. Able to build those pathways. <laughs> uh, obviously it takes time for it to set roots and to see the fruits of that labor. Um, but as it stands right now, it appears across the board that they were split on the decision of what might be the winners so far as the most entertaining providers of rugby in the, in, in the U.S. and Canada. Um, you know, somebody, you know, Kyle mentioned it was the LALG AG's game. Scott had a different perspective, um, which was also very valid. Uh, NOLA and, of course, Seattle, the tight fixture, changing leads a few times, makes an exciting brand of rugby to be able to watch and enjoy. But I think ultimately, 
ultimately, while we were split on the, the best matches of the weekend, we were all in agreement that the teams that are certainly lacking in entertainment value and, of course, presence on the field and results is OG, DC, and Dallas. Although, of the two, we feel more optimistic for Dallas. So, let's set that aside, gentlemen, and we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a few moments after we hear a few words from one of our sponsors. With over 37 years of experience, American Rugby Outfitters have been dedicated to providing quality rugby gear to those who like to get dirty. The ARO team prides itself in delivering the highest quality rugby gear that will withstand the punishment rugby dishes out. Brands such as Adidas, Barbarian, Gilbert, Canterbury, and Protec will deliver when the game gets tough. Whether you need team uniforms, boots, bags, field equipment, or swag for the Postmaster Social, ARO is your source for quality rugby gear. They can set up your club or business with a team store like they did for us to ensure every member looks as good as the pros. If the international game is your vibe, Aero will carry you across the line with officially licensed gear from the Eagles, Springboks, All Blacks, England, Ireland, and Wales, amongst others. Visit RugbyGear.com and check out all that the folks from American Rugby Outfitters have to offer. Use the code RANT15 to get a 15% discount site-wide. As an added bonus, when the items in your cart are $100 or more, you get free shipping to anywhere in the continental United States. Don't forget to check out our line of Rugby Rant gear available exclusively at RugbyGear.com. Don't forget to use Rant15 to get 15% off your order site-wide. American Rugby Outfitters, dedicated to the toughest demands in the world's toughest game. And welcome back, rugby fans. This is an important moment where we bring to you the opportunity to hear from one of our rugby insiders here in MLR. And what are we talking about? Well, it's the famous run, pass, or kick interviews with your team here from the Rugby Rat. Now, more importantly, who do we have in the hot seat? Well, we welcome back to the Rugby Rant somebody we first saw, Rob, back in 2020 as yeah. what appeared to be a much more naive young man. Now we see the rugged veteran of professional He's got the beard. He's grizzled. He's tough. Yeah. Got that GQ stubble going. Yeah. Huh? We like it. We like it. Patrick Madden, uh, San Diego elite. We welcome you to the show, my friend. I uh, appreciate you guys having me back on. It's been a while, you know, back in the league, everything. So appreciate it. You know, love you guys. Love what you're doing. So thanks for having me. Well, that makes one person out there that loves what we do. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. You have to say that. Otherwise, we would not let you come on. <laughs> now that we got the pleasantries out the way, if you're not familiar as a fan and you're tuning in watching this guy on screen, you're like, okay, he's wearing some Legion gear. Maybe he's connected to rugby. Let me tell you exactly how connected to rugby he is. This is a rich rugby resume for a, for a relatively young guy, right? I say relatively because you were young last time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, you still are. So let's, let's go through the rugby resume. High school rugby is where your journey truly began for you. All-American, University City High School, um, you've won uh, awards as the best high school player in the U.S. You continue those honors into university level with Cal Poly, uh, receiving an honor of being mentioned as a finalist for the Rudy Schultz Award. And if you're not familiar with what this means as a rugby player, you're recognized as among the best in your generation. Uh, so it's an incredible honor just to be among that elite that's certainly recognized for that achievement. Uh, you go on to be, of course, uh, including yourself or you drafted in, in as the 12th pick in round one to San Diego Legion. No surprise. You're a California kid. Um, so, yeah, it's been a really good home for you thus far. But even beyond that, you've now re-signed again with San Diego. You have USA Select Honors uh, making your way uh, to play with, uh, uh, sorry, the Pacific Challenge, Uruguay, and USA Honors with the U19s and U20s. That's a lot in a short time for a young man. Yeah, it, it, it kind of took off there. I mean, it was, you know, the season ended and I caught wind that uh, I was in the player pool for the USA Selects to go to Uruguay. And then next thing you know, I'm on a flight to Miami and then a flight to Uruguay. And then, you know, we're playing. So it was 
a roller coaster, but that's and then with PR sevens as well. So it was a lot of different stuff going right. on, but it, it was a fun summer at that. And you know, whenever you're playing rugby, it's a fun time. So I enjoyed it. Excellent, excellent, love it. We're going to dive into more about all of that and your background and some insight as to your experiences at San Diego through the course of this interview. But before we go further, it's best we let our fans know how it works. So for that, I'm going to hand you over to Rob Hammerschmidt. Thanks, Tyan. I want to give a, a huge thank you to Patrick because he's always been a good friend of the show, did a, a few promo spots for us as well uh, from the beach made me very jealous. I think it was, uh, it was a really um, poor weather period for Chicago. So I was super jealous, <laughs> but it was awesome to see Patrick enjoying himself in his native California and more specifically San Diego, but let's get to the task at hand. The run pass or kick interview works a little like this for un- those who are uninitiated. We're going to throw some questions at Patrick and he will have the opportunity just like any good rugby player to use his deft rugby skills and he can run pass or kick of the question. So we're going to throw the questions. We'll prompt him with run, pass or kick, and he'll tell us or you, the crowd, whether he's going to run with a question, pass a question or kick a question. What that means is this, he runs with the question. He's going to take it straight up. He's going to handle it himself and answer the question uh, right away there. Uh, however, if you choose to pass a question, it means that a question is a little hot to handle. It doesn't want to get himself in trouble with uh, uh, Nonu or, or Rob Shaw. Um, of course, and uh, he's going to pass that question and let uh, somebody else handle that. Or he can have a little fun with us. And I know uh, Patrick is a cheeky uh, bugger on the field, so I'm pretty sure he'll get a little bit cheeky with us here on screen. And he can have fun with us and kick a question, and that means that he's going to want us to answer the question in a way that we think he would answer it. And he can direct our uh, his kick to Ty or myself, or he can uh, just keep us guessing and make us work a little bit for our money. And whoever asks the question will have to feel the question. So Patrick Madden, are you ready for the run passer kick challenge? Let's let it rip. I'm ready. All right. So for those that are watching, We're going to put up a picture right now. And here we have a wonderful picture. Looks like it is from the preseason. A bunch of the Legion boys hanging out and join themselves. So here's a question. Run, Pastor Kick Patrick. Here's the great photo that you posted on Twitter with the Legion boys and a cookout preseason. So are those really soft drinks and water? Or are those cans secretly hiding adult beverages? (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm honest. I'll run with it. That's a, that's a soda. That's a nice one. What do I have in there? It's probably a Coke, 7-Up, something like that. And, that's right. Wow, we're getting right into it. So uh, <laughs> it's we can't have the bevies beforehand. We still had stuff to do. You don't do that until you celebrate a win. Um, but you know, that that's those are a good group of guys there with Tommy Marani. You got Matias Sprayer. And then it just it, that's I think that really shows what we are as a team. It's like we all really do like love each other and like we're a good group of friends i think you don't get that with a lot of teams you have you know little fractions and you know clicks but with the legion especially this year we have a bunch of guys that care for each other and i think that comes out on the field you see us playing for each other whether it's a you know a scuffle with another team you know everyone's going to be there for that guy or uh you know it comes down to it you know i think care is a big thing for me and that's kind of what i've taken in this year and we all care about each other a lot so and i think that photo is a good uh <laughs> it showcases that that's really, really great to hear. I mean, with the American rugby playing community, it's a common theme, right? You play for a club and you really enjoy your mates and you play for one another. You got each other's backs and you know they have yours. So it's great to see that it's carried over into the Legion camp this year. Right. I like it. If you get into a scuffle, it's you and your 14 big brothers. <laughs> and I'm not, I know I'm one of the smaller guys. So it's nice to have guys like really? Ben Grant coming in at 6'8, you know, over the top to beat the Tamala. You know, they're nice guys to have in your corner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Certainly, certainly so. And, uh, you know, and it shows out in the field that that, like you said, the results have been pretty positive of late for San Diego. And we're going to be talking more about the culture as we progress further. But it certainly has been impressive this season thus far uh, when you compare it to last season. And I'm sure many would agree, even those in the camp for San Diego. So something is certainly working right now uh, at a surface level for the rest of the fans. They could see that. Let's jump into the next question. Run, pass or kick. Talking about your background here. 
you have grown up playing rugby in the San Diego area. Now, that includes playing high school rugby at University City High School. Cal uh, Poly, as I mentioned before, in your rugby resume. So here lies my question, though. In addition to all this experience, and of course, I'm including the Legion, most of your experience has been in the California area is the point there. So in addition, you have been heavily involved in youth rugby development. How much of the youth rugby scene has changed over the last decade? How much has it grown in your opinion? Yeah, I'll, I'll run with that one as well. And because I've seen it firsthand, I mean, because my first training session, I was five, six years old with the young Aztecs, um, first club in San Diego. And there wasn't any, there was, I was the, the youngest guy. There was no one else to play with. So I was playing with the U10s. Obviously, it was still touchback then, but mm-hmm. there was no one. It was always playing ahead. Oh, you don't, you don't have a team. Or, and to now, I went out to a local uh, session the other day, and there's, there was, what, 30, 40, like eight-year-old just running around. Wow, Jeez, that's good. Coach took it out of me. I think, think I'd rather go play 80 minutes than have to deal with them for <laughs> two hours. <laughs> that's more of a fitness, strength, and conditioning mentally. <laughs> mentally, oh, it was all up here. But it just goes to show how much people around San Diego, especially in Southern California and especially San Diego, care about the sport. And it really has been a hotbed. I think I would have said it's been a hotbed 10 years ago. But now you see it. Now we're a leading force in growing rugby in the United States. Um, and I'm lucky to be a very small part of that. And anytime I can give back or, um, you know, guys like Ryan Mattias, Nate Osberger are constantly in the community um, trying to grow the game. Uh, it's, it's those guys that make the difference. And if you have a professional player or someone from the Legion, or this goes for any team in the MLR, and they're coming out and working with local kids, that's who's going to pay the, uh, their parents are going to buy the tickets and that's who's going to be filling the stands. Um, so, you know, it all comes back around, but it feels so good to give back to the community I grew up in because um, I see, you know, little kids, uh, girls and boys, they're just like me. And, uh, you know, who knows what they'll be in the next, you know, 15 years, whatever it is. Yeah, I got to say, Patrick, um, I've heard a lot of great things about what you guys in the Legion are doing in that area, especially for youth rugby. And a funny side note, I actually had a friend of mine from high school, a young lady, or, well, she's not young anymore. She's my age, so she's old, but uh, she still looks terrific. Um, but nevertheless, um, uh, shout out to Jen Schmidt. You know, I, she she had seen the show and she's like, oh, you, you play rugby? I mean, yeah, we're going to have, you know, uh, where are you at? She's like San Diego. I, she said, my kids play too. I said, oh, there's a great young guy out there, American talent. You got to go out to one of the, one of the camps and meet Patrick Mann. She goes, ah, oh, we already did that. He's a great guy. We love him. The kids worked with him. He had a really great impact to kids. So, you know, just so you know, um, your, your reputation precedes you as far as the quality of character uh, and ability to work with the young kids. And it's great to see it. You're, you know, again, a wonderful ambassador of sports. So uh, a lot of thanks uh, directed to you, my friend. So, no worries. So let's get, let's get into the, the next phase. Cause I want to talk a little bit more about this, uh, but get in a more personal way. Um, run past your kick based upon your social media posts. Family is clearly important to you. You know, I don't think you have your own children, but I always see you carry somebody else's kids. <laughs> so I follow your social media. So well, the, the question is, what kind of role have they played in your development as a professional rugby player? And talk a little bit about the support that they provide for you as you continue your development in your professional life. I don't think there's any way I could pass or kick this, so I'll <laughs> run with it. Um, no, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Rob. It's That is my rock. My family is everything to me. And that baby you see is actually my nephew, my older brother, James. Yeah. Uh, that's his little kid, uh, Joey. And luckily that was the best part about COVID is the fact that I got two years just to hang out with him and be in lockdown with him. So that's a, but that's a blessing in itself. But my family is, I mean, go down the line. I mean, my dad's my best friend, my first coach. My mom was the president of my youth rugby club uh, going on. She had nothing, no ties to it. Just a kid that loved the sport and they all bought in and they've bought in since I was five years old and they've bought in now. And, um, and, our family's kind of grown around it. You know, my siblings might throw up in their mouth a bit, but it's been a big, like my parents' best friends have come from, you know, my friends and uh, from the uh, Aztecs and stuff like that. Um, and they really just grown all together. And we see, you know, maybe I'm the one in the MLR, but everyone's still playing. Everyone's still, you know, 
the people who send me the messages every uh, before game day, it's my family, my old coaches, um, you know, my lovely girlfriend and everyone there. So the, the support is through the community. And that all started. My first community was my family. Um, and, you know, I don't think a game day goes by where I don't have my sister, my brothers uh, shooting me a message, telling me how much they love me, regardless of the outcome. And that's something I write in my book before my uh, before any game. I write down Carlo Denation actually tipped me onto this last year before I made my debut was that write down everything that won't change regardless of how you play. Because at the end of the game, no matter if you did terrible, if you lost the game, those things will still be there. And the top of that list is that I have a family, I have a girlfriend that love me regardless of how I play. And that is something that has stuck with me um, definitely coming into this year. And I still do it today before every game. So family is everything to me. Great words of wisdom there. I like it. I like it. And Carlo Denison, a great, uh, yeah. um, you know, fan of, of or, or we're a great fan of him, I should say. He's been with us a couple of times on the show. Those are wise words. I like that, you know. And I love the fact that you highlighted that, you know, your first community was your family. Rugby's a team sport, so I guess that was your first team, right? Uh, and, still is, and still is now. Yeah. And it's, it's so great to be able to see how like the circles grow right, just because right. of the love of sport. And that's what rugby is about. It's bringing communities together, bringing people together, you know, the experiences that we, we, we enjoy together. So powerful and lasting. And for you, it's become your life and, and the people around you embrace that too. So really, really good to be able to see that. And uh, I love those words that you also shared from college and nice and, you know, through you, really powerful. A lot of people can learn some lessons about that yeah. too uh, as they reach higher levels in rugby or struggle in anything in life uh, when they put too much pressure on themselves. Definitely. So let me t- dive into the next one over here. And um, this is an interesting one. This is a pretty a good question. I like this. Rob, kudos to Rob on this one. I like this. Uh, so every team has a certain vibe about it, an energy, an air, of grace about them. So with that in mind, Let's imagine, set the scene here, that you're walking down the road and you happen to pass French superstar Anton Dupont, right? Superstar in rugby, right? And he actually turns to you and here it comes. He recognizes you in your Legion attire you're just so happily wearing right now. He stops you and says, I am considering experiencing rugby in America and have heard about the Legion." Why should I consider coming to San Diego to play rugby? What would you say? So I know what I would say. Sure. What would you say to him? But I'm actually going to kick this back to you, Ty. Oh, okay. Because I I know why San Diego is great. I've lived my entire (laughs) life. So it's easy. Right, right, right. Okay. What do you think attracts the players that we've got, like the Ma Nanus, Chris Robson? Why do you think they want to come to San Diego? Ty, Ty should have had to say this, uh, say, you know, Anton Dupont's question in a French accent, but okay, we'll let that go for right Don't now. Don't throw me under the bus, Rob. Okay. <laughs> well, I think it's because oh. the rugby is so powerful. <laughs> is that close? Is that really bad? Do you want to get a point for trying? Okay, so all jokes aside, um, it really is a, a great culture. I mean, you're talking about, first of all, one of the teams that's kind of the building blocks of professional rugby here in the U.S., uh, even before the MLR, right, with with the, the previous pro rugby, you know. So there's, there's deep roots in this great community that's been supporting it. First of all, it's great weather all year round. You can play rugby outside pretty much the entire year. That's a big bonus point right there, unlike here in the Midwest where I am. Um, but more importantly, it's 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 a gateway for for players to be able to to enjoy growing a sport in a country that they might very well want to be a part of. And rugby players, like you said, are very powerfully connected to the sense of community and being embraced by a new community and being one of one of those great significant contributors, feeling like you're a part of building something new and perhaps also building a legacy, imparting your strengths and experiences onto other, where you have direct influence over an entirely new generation that could help grow rugby globally as well is very attractive. So there's a lot of secondary and tertiary benefits to being a player of that type of caliber, coming to the U.S., learning something new about the game as well, because you're doing everything you do, but in a completely different way. Um and helping it grow at the same time. What do you think? It took the words right out of my mouth. That's exa- I had that written down, actually. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Bonus point for the French <laughs> accent. I do apologize to every Frenchman, though. That was really bad. 
<laughs> you can't forget that uh, Antoine Dupont would probably say that he was looking forward to get a home cooked meal every week at the Madden household because he lives so close. No doubt. <laughs> we had the boys over the other day. It's mom Madden was quick. They they showed up there on a vacation and then they came back to I don't know, 10 rugby players in there. And we were back up uh, down South at my parents' place. And then boom, mom was straight in the kitchen. Appetizers were out. It was nice. like, you don't have to do it. It's just like, but I want to. It's just, she yeah, loves How do you feed around. 10 hungry rugby players? That alone is quite a large uh, expense. Yeah. <laughs> it adds up. Yeah. So that's that's awesome to hear. And, and, and again, um, I, I think it, it sends a message that has addressed a couple of the questions before. Just what family means to you on a personal level, but also just how the families um, connect to members of the Legion. We've seen that Rob Shaw's had a, one of his children born here in America, too. Um, and, and again, I think it really connects him with the local community, which is great to see. I want to talk more about you as a player, as we progress through the uh, run pass or kick interview, uh, Patrick. So with this next question, uh, let me dive into to that a bit. Uh, you made your debut for the Legion at scrum half last season. Um, and having said that, you primarily played fly half in college and played on a wi- on the wing for the USA Selects and have experience at fullback. So run pass or kick, where does the Legion coaching staff see you uh, playing moving forward as you continue to develop with uh, the Legion? Yeah, so I'll, I'll run with that one. Um, yeah, so last year we were put in a tough position and the way things were working out, uh, it looked like I was going to be working at, at nine uh, to do Nate Osberger picking up an injury uh, and just some other stuff coming on. And as a young guy, I think you fall into a role where it's like you want to get on the field. And luckily for me, I like to think of myself kind of like as a Swiss, Swiss Army knife. I could do multiple things if you need me to. But the positions I play are 10 and 15. Those are my positions. Uh, but like for the APC, the way our system was running uh, with the USA Selects, I was out on the wing. But then I still handled the kicking duties. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it's very strange. And I'm pretty adaptable to do what you know is best for the team because it's always team first. And I'm willing to do anything I can. Uh, for the success of the team. Um, but I consider myself a fly half first and a fullback second. And that's where I've been with the Legion. Um, you know, in the, this season, I've, those are the only two positions I've played is fly half and fullback. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's in, with head coach Danny Lee, and that's where I'm at. And so there have been a couple times this season where it's, oh, Patch, like, we need a wing cover. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, I'll, I will do it. But that's not my position. But anything for the team uh, – and so, but I'm a, if I had to stamp it down and tell everyone I'm a fly out fullback. I like it. I mean, it's good to be able to know where your strengths are, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, it's so important, as you said, um, to be versatile. Okay. You know, you have plenty of opportunity to be able to grow as a player by taking yourself out of a comfort zone. And it's so clear that you're happy to be able to do that when the opportunity is there and you need it. And that's the strength of, of, of having, you know, a teammate like you. And you want to be able to have 15 of those guys out on the field and, of course, the greater roster too. Uh, and that's where the, the culture comes in, though, too, is everybody's in it for the team. Uh, and you certainly have proven that. Uh, and you will continue to do so. And that's why they obviously asked you to come back for another year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily actually, that's a important question. I, I don't know if, I, if we actually, if I know. So, uh, are, are you, this is Adler though, but will you be rejoining for another season or is it possibly extended beyond another season already? Uh, my contract for right now is just for this season. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, who knows what next year right. will bring. So I will be coming here. <laughs> <laughs> Never know, but you know, I'm, I'm enjoying every moment I've gotten in San Diego. So we'll see what happens next. Well, well said then, Patrick Madden. Again, a reminder to our fans at home, you can continue to be able to enjoy content just like this at our new home on patreon.com forward slash rugby rent. And of course, you wanted to be able to learn more about Patrick Madden, you'll have to visit us there. And for only as little as $3 per month, you can get all of the rest of this interview and more with our many, many great opportunities in the rents and interviews. But for now, 
It's important to be able to thank you for watching this episode here on TRN and our social media. You can continue to be able to follow us weekly under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. We thank you for tuning in and we'll see you at patreon.com for more. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.